This is the EWN Podcast Network. Stay tuned for episode number two of our three-part series on cabinetry construction, sources, and style. Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. Welcome back, home builders and remodelers. New York-based kitchen and bath designer Allison Solar and I are in the middle of a long and hopefully informational conversation about more than everything you need to know about cabinetry. The goal of our podcast is to track the things the new home builder should be thinking about each month in the year or so it takes to build a house from the ground up. Today, we are talking about the choices we will need to make in the design and style of our new kitchen. Let's take a look at the overall design of the cabinetry in the whole house. In the kitchen, are your clients looking for these days? I mean, currently, you know, white or stained wood. Uh, what are people asking for in what are the current trends? White is here to stay. It's never gone out. Um, I think with the new painted surfaces and the new paints that are available, the white has become even more popular. Years ago, it was, they didn't really do as many painted cabinets as they're doing now. And it was that white thermofoil, but white has always been popular. And the wood is coming and going. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was wondering, has that changed a lot over the course of your career? I'd say, well, absolutely, because it used to be that dark cherry, dark Uh cherry, dark cherry, and the dark espresso, espresso, and now it's a lighter, a lighter color, bleachy color, Um, then you've got your walnuts, it really is an ever-changing, it's an ever-changing product, and Mm -hmm. there's always something new, a new exotic wood, a new insert, a new draw slide, but I think that the painted colors, like the blues and all those colors, are much more popular now than they ever used to be, Mm -hmm. and the two-tone kitchens have always been around. Uh Uh-huh. Some people would try and do like oh two like accessorizing the base to be one color and the top being another, but that's become more prevalent over time. Yeah. And I'd say that real dark, dark, dark espresso wood is kind uh-huh. of not as popular right, these, for sure. you know, these few years. I'd have to say it's a lighter wood, a lighter mm-hmm. colors, your grays, but it's still that white and gray and beige mm-hmm. in the woods and you know, there's yeah, my kitchen is um is split and I absolutely love it. And I do this a lot. Um, we have the island is uh, is stained wood that uh, is a little bit darker than my wood floors. And then my um, drawer banks base cabinets are wood. But then my towers where we have the pantry and the microwave tower 
as well as my uppers are white. And my kitchen is very much a, a, a my house is very much a cottage. It's, it's a small house with very charming, you know, features. And I find it just really refreshing, but a whole, an, an overly white kitchen, I think would have been too much. So I think that finding that balance visually is really important. You'll get people who just absolutely adore it. I love everything white, 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 white. And you'll have other people that say, oh, I can't stand that white. White actually makes your eyes vibrate. Uh-huh. Stark white actually makes your eyes physically vibrate. So it's a much starker image. And it causes like that, ugh, as opposed to the darker, warmer colors, which are a little bit more subdued. So I think it's more of a mental thing with people and a physical thing. Because I know my friend, as soon as she sees anything white, if it's all white, she's in heaven. Uh-huh. I look at white and I'm like, can I paint it a color? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's an emotional thing to people, how they yeah, feel. Yeah, for sure. And then they struggle. Do I want white? Do I want it? Do I want it? And I'm like, close your eyes. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, but, or do I want dark, dark, dark? I said, close your eyes. How does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. And then when oh. I say, oh, your ideal kitchen, just what's the first thing that pops in your mind? It could be white, dark, but the white came first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. people always second guess what, do I really like that? Do I really like that? Do I really like that? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah, getting I think them through the process of actually you know, signing on, which is actually why I, I was going to talk about this a little bit in the next episode, but um, of all of the decisions we make throughout the house, the kitchen, well, the cabinetry, all the cabinetry has to be signed off because uh, the, there are so many conversations that are just like what you just said that I leave uh, the conversation. I go write down everything. We, you know, the designer that's going to, you know, the people are going to build the cabinets or in your case, probably you do the 2020 rendering, uh, the cabinet renderings. And then you have to sign off because you have to make sure that the client is actually picturing what we finally decided instead of all the things in the process. I've have them sign every single piece of paper yeah. when they are the signing off on a kitchen, I tell them, be prepared to write your name over yeah. and over and over and yeah. over again, because I actually take the pictures from the spec book yeah. and I will print it out physically because you have to realize what you're doing. I always say, if anything goes wrong, how are you going to protect yourself? Legal documents are signed papers, a blueprint that is signed by a customer is a legal document. Mm -hmm. A perspective is not a legal document, but a, a signed plan with dimensions, with uh, a, an example of what the rollout looks like, with a what is the construction of their draw box they're getting. Mm -hmm. Those signed off on, the customer can't, I've had a customer turn around and goes, that's not the molding I ordered. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, that's the or molding you ordered. Yeah. She goes, yeah. no, it's yeah. not. Yeah. I said, yes, it is. And she went running to get her book thinking mm -hmm. she was right. And I was wrong. And she went and she saw, and she goes, oh, you're right. I'm like, because 
I make sure I even have yeah. them write off on the tokek. Yeah, if it's sure. a quarter inch material. I mean, yeah. every single piece, the rollout, the cutlery divider. So if they have in your kitchen, you're getting a double garbage, circle it, sign it, circle yeah. it, sign it. Not a single garbage, double garbage. Mm -hmm. Not a tiered cutlery divider, a regular cutlery divider. And then I have a packet and I keep all their original signatures and they get the photocopies. Yeah, exactly. So it's important to keep the original signature yeah. and all the original documents and mm -hmm. give the customers copies and have them sign off on everything. And I like to put it together in a nice presentation packet mm -hmm. to the customer because it's usually... I find a lot of customers come in already with their little portfolio yeah. of this is the countertop I'm looking at these, you know, some people are very organized. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I like to just organize my kitchen documents in a little portfolio for the customers. Some people make a PowerPoint presentation. Some mm -hmm. people will put together a PDF thing for them, whatever it is, whatever method you use mm -hmm. to, communicate the end product to the customer you have to remember they sign off on everything mm -hmm. and they even have to sign off on the wood species the color right. Right. the finish right. mm -hmm. the warranty mm -hmm. everything yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah that's usually a pretty lengthy meeting and um with a lot of explaining and reinforcing as they waver in their um steadfastness um so with color preferences in mind and talking about cabinet doors and wood species, um, what are, let's, you know, kind of break that down because the cabinet doors now are going to be what, what really creates the look of the cabinet, whether it's um, very contemporary or traditional or transitional or Southwestern. But um, if the natural wood is the look that you desire, what are the best products and materials to consider? What do you, it, what, you know, types of wood and um, wood, solid wood versus wood veneers. Where, what are the pros and cons of different ways to get your stain look finish? Oh, again, Jana. <laughs> <laughs> a veneer is going to take the stain completely different than a solid wood. Uh-huh. And where you're going to get your veneers are going to be center panels in the doors mm -hmm. or in a slab door. So a veneer is is not necessarily an inferior type of wood. It's a different cut of wood. It takes right. the stain differently. And a veneer can actually create ribbons and it cr can create book matching. And because um, some people don't like to say, they like to say it's a solid wood. And you're like, it can't possibly be a solid wood because it's three feet wide. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. There are not and a lot of trees. Rain all goes that. like that. That's a veneer. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you it's an inferior product. It's just a veneer. And they go, they all want to know that they, have, I have solid wood cabinets. Mm -hmm. Well, you might have part of your cabinet could be solid wood, like the frames, the style and rails, and perhaps your center panel. Mm -hmm. But the lay people really don't even understand what they're talking about with the wood species. They say it's cherry. I'm like, cherries, it's, it's, that's the color is cherry. Mm -hmm. You're looking at cherry. That's not cherry wood. That's a maple with a cherry stain or, mm -hmm. or reddish stain. So they, they just want the look. They want it to yeah, look that's good. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what I wanted to, about. you know, get to is that a lot of times, uh, 
there's a, a species of wood that you want it to look like. And then there are different ways to achieve it. You can, you know, you don't usually use a mahogany for a cabinet door. It's expensive and it's um, not nearly as flexible to use. If you take an alder, you can, you know, stain it to imitate a lot of woods. And of course, with, with that, you need to decide whether you want to look at wood grain or whether it's the color of the wood you're going for and things like that. So there are all different reasons to employ um, veneers versus uh, solid wood. And, but, but all of that still is wood, even if it's a veneer. So it would have a similar kind of upkeep. If you have a zebra wood that's mm -hmm. very expensive, you, you, pro you can't really have solid right. on certain mm -hmm. woods like a ipe or certain mahoganies. You can't, you can't afford it mm -hmm. because okay. it's so costly. So the veneers allow you to have that luxurious look without the cost of the solid wood. And it's such a complicated question. It's I know, yeah. And answer. you know, when I work with people to design, you know, once, once we know we're not gonna do a painted cabinet, once we know we're going to be employing wood to look like wood, um, then I, I wanna make sure that the grain is an issue because if it, if it has, is the color of a wood but doesn't have some kind of beautiful graining or interesting you know, use of the grain or sometimes if it's a more contemporary home and you want a flat panel door, um, the wood grain can be the only real interest on it. So I think that all of those are really important uh, factors to consider when you're working with you know, the look of wood versus a paint grain. Absolutely, Every, so much more comes into play when you're talking about the woods and the wood color because it also has to do with the sun with the bleaching of the wood, the aging of the wood. Wood is a natural product. A cherry is going to darken over time. It's going to get much. And cherry in its natural state happens to be full of sapwood and hardwood, light wood and dark, yeah. light and dark, light and dark. In fact, natural cherry, all natural, looks almost like a somewhat like hickory, only not yeah. quite as busy as hickory, uh -huh. not quite right. as dark mineral streaks. Right. But natural cherry will have some very, very light pinkish spots to it. Mm -hmm. The difference is with the cherry takes stain very nicely. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're going to see cherry wood is usually darker stain because it evens out all of the color of the light and the dark. Mm -hmm. So you'll still stain it darker, but it, and it takes the stain very smoothly. You won't see maple mm -hmm. darker unless it's, it's a special kind of a stain because maple without being treated will stain blotchy. Mm -hmm. It has a different grain, different texture, and it stains much differently. Mm -hmm. So the different woods with the different properties, also different outcomes of it that's why maple is usually lighter a lighter stain lighter because it's it's hard and it doesn't stain dark well mm -hmm. your birch which stains darker but it's not as expensive as cherry it all has to do with how much how fast does that tree grow uh-huh oak is inexpensive because we're full of oak trees yeah Right. They rapidly reproduce. Uh, they're faster to grow. You get your cherry wood takes longer to grow. It's harder to harvest. It's a more expensive wood. 
it all comes down to how long does it grow? How fast does it take to reproduce? How far is that wood coming from? Is it Brazilian walnut mm -hmm. traveling over from Brazil? So, because you have to add in all your travel time and your expenses sure. to get that mm -hmm. Brazilian walnut. Mm -hmm. So American walnut, Brazilian walnut, the price is going to be different because one was sourced here and one mm -hmm. had to come all the way from Brazil. Mm -hmm. It's the same way with granites. It's how far and how rare yeah, is exactly. the stone. Right. It's like a sapphire versus an emerald versus a diamond versus a, a garnet. Mm -hmm. You know, so all of, it's the same kind of factors when it comes to wood mm -hmm. as it is to the cars, the jewelry. Yeah, the, and, the and it's a natural material. So you have to also uh, make people aware that that we can we're going toward a direction and a look, but nature is going to intervene to some degree. And, you, you know, you can't uh, completely control it. You have to be embracing the natural aspect of it, which is the same in, in stone and tile. You have to, they have to be willing to accept the fact that there will be a grain, something not similar yeah. on one side, a grain, yeah, exactly. a little bit different, yeah. maybe a mineral streak, maybe uh -huh. a, a divot, maybe a knot. You're going to get something because it's a real wood product. Mm -hmm. Now, do you work with some of the other cabinet surface uh, finishes? Um, some of the alternatives, for example, thermofoil, um, we, you touched on thermofoil before, but can we talk a little bit about the, the use, what it is and, and what the pros and cons and the uses of it are? Thermofoil has come so far in the use yeah. and where it's been and where it's coming from. The thermofoil of years ago, what it means, it's a thermo, which means heat is involved and a foil, meaning it's wrapped. Okay, it's not metal, it's wrapped. So it's a heated wrap. So the material is plastic in nature, so it can be heated and it is applied. You know, the, the surface has, if it has a pattern on it or whatever, the, the MDF surface is going to be routed out with the pattern and then glue is applied. And then the, the plastic is put on top of the wood and then heated and molded to be form fitting for the door front or the drawer front. So the thermofoils are on the front of the door. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a lot of times you'll get the doors years ago, they would not be like, let's say if it's nowadays you get the thermofoils and the, and the laminates, which are, much more sophisticated and they mm -hmm. look like real woods and they're just completely a different product than they were years ago. And they're going to be um, only on the front of the door. Although now, so when you open up the door, let's say you have a, a, a gorgeous gray uh, rift cut oak looking cabinet door mm -hmm. and you'll open it up and it's going to be plain white on the inside mm -hmm. because it's only, it's not, a, it's not real wood. So a better thermofoil door mm -hmm. or melamine laminate door is going to be on the inside and the outside. Mm -hmm. both. So when you open up the door, it's all one. Mm -hmm. Looks like the same inside and out. Mm -hmm. So 
the thermofoils, the problem with the thermofoils is they are, because they're heat affected and they yeah. are plastic, they're affected by heat. Like what right. you said before, right. with certain, like you have to use an oven guard possibly. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't want your oven, your gas oven melting right. the cabinet doors. Because what will happen is you will actually be able to just peel, peel the it door off. Front mm -hmm. off. And the door front will look have the whole shape of what it was on the door, but they're, they have two separate pieces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they'll separate. So you have to be careful with that, but yet some, and there now you can even get the five piece thermofoil doors, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. which are gorgeous. Yeah. I have, um, you know, when I first moved to LA and started doing interior design work, I'd go into some of these older homes that have had early thermofoil and I was completely freaked out because it would be removing itself you know, the detail will be, would be separating itself from the backing. And, but it's, but now the um, technology is so advanced that um, it's great for um, kitchens with small children. If you want your kitchen to look like, you know, the same 10 years after while your children, children are growing up, it's an amazing way to get both a white kitchen or um, a beautiful, you know, gray, you know, color kitchen. They're beautiful, you know, surfaces and, and designs. And you really, it's very, very hard to uh, break it. And you can't, and it's very easy to clean. You can just clean it with a little bit of soap and water. It's a really great kitchen for, you know, messy cooks and things like that. So I've been using it more and more. Definitely more cleaning, cleaning product friendly. If you, in fact, that's what happened to my kitchen. I cleaned it with the wrong material, uh, the wrong product. And I have issues on the finish of my cabinet because of the wrong product was used where the thermofoil, you could spray 409 all over the whole thing and let it sit and drip and then clean it all It'll come like new. But wood is wood and thermofoil is thermofoil. Mm -hmm. So again, I believe it's a customer's mindset of, well, do I want that thermofoil? Because they're automatically going to think it's an inferior product because it's not wood. Mm -hmm. Everyone says wood is, you know, more luxurious. It's, it's natural. It's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But so I find with those beautiful um, melamine thermofoil and, and, and laminate doors, sometimes they're better utilized in a closet or uh -huh. a laundry room or, or built a in. mudroom or an office, mm -hmm. uh, a craft room. People are more accepting to use that material in a secondary space. Uh-huh. Um, unless it's a gorgeous German, you know, pogum pole or something where it's lacquer, it's amazing, it's beautiful. And, you know, it's an expensive cabinet. So, you know, they want it in their kitchen uh, because it's a, the laminate lacquer, looks like mm -hmm. lacquer or whatever. Again, it all comes down to appearance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and then, it, then the money and it's the, yeah. the money and then the, it's the appearance and then it's the money. And they're like, well, how much is that going to cost? And you're like, well, <laughs> and it always goes, end up to be more than what, always more than what they thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not an inexpensive uh, part of the home construction. That's for sure. This week's cliffhanger for our next episode is to frame or not frame your cabinetry. That is the question. 
Allison and I have a difference of opinion in the question of the American framed cabinetry style versus the European frameless style. We hope you'll tune in next week to see which side of the debate that you might be on. Remember, you can reach Allison at www.allisonsolar.com and you can reach out to us at www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at FromDisasterToDreamHome.com. Until next time, let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.